If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in the Gospel of John chapter number 4. We're starting a new series this weekend entitled Celebration, Praise and Worship. And throughout this month, we're going to be talking about praise and worship. Next weekend, I'm going to be talking about the characteristic of spirit-filled worship. But we're going to be talking about worship throughout this month. And for many of us, this is going to be the series where you're going to see your spiritual growth accelerate to a new level. Some of us have been kind of stuck in this, in this place, this mediocre place that you're not satisfied and you know that and you're craving and desiring more of God. God's going to honor that as you begin to move and grow in your worship. God intends for you to do that. This weekend we're talking about worshipers wanted worshipers wanted God has created everything to live and thrive in a certain environment do you know cactus will grow in a desert palm trees will grow in the tropics a penguin can thrive in the Arctic each differently will thrive in the environment it was designed to thrive in I was watching the Nat Geo channel just the other day and they had this device that was going down, they said, to the deepest areas of the ocean regions where there's no light whatsoever, that, that, that a human being can't even die that low. And they were going down with a camera and a light and turned on a light and there's this creature down there. It was this purple color and they gave it a name. I've never seen it before. Uh, but they, they said this is what it is. But it thrives in the environment it was intended to thrive in. Believers, Christ followers, the environment that we were intended to thrive in is the presence of God. God intends that we thrive by His presence. In the garden of beginning, God created Adam and Eve, placed them in a in the garden, and it, it's not the lushness of the garden and the fruit that they were, they were thriving in. It was the presence of God. When they were in the presence of God, they were in the place where they were created to thrive. Now, God created us a threefold being, every one of us. Body, our emotions, our intellect, and our spirit, our spiritual part. Our body... Uh, we, we feed our body. Some of you are thinking right now, where are you going to go to lunch because you're getting hungry, okay? Some of you guys, you work out. And, and have you ever noticed the guys that work out always like to wear short sleeve shirts? <laughs> have you noticed? And they have these sculptured bodies. That's what I'm going to look like in heaven, can I tell you? But right now, I'm far from that. I mean, my, I just could never do You guys have it. I, I admire you. Why? But you work out and you build the body. Nothing wrong with it. Our intellect. Some of you are taking a course, reading a book, trying to always learn and expand your intellect. I do the same thing. I try to read uh, anywhere from two to four books a month, just the learning all the time. Always trying to expand the intellectual part. God wants us to do it. Nothing wrong with that. Emotionally, some of you are planning to go to the beach, and some are you planning to go to a theme park. Some are going to go camping. Some are going to go swimming. Some are, you're going to do things. Then that's an emotional release. It's just the way you relax. You chill out. You, you, you recharge emotionally. Nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is we do that physically. We do it intellectually. We do it emotionally. 
But our primary sense of being is spiritual. And it seems like the most starved part of our being is spiritual. God created us primarily spiritual. We always say we're body, soul, and spirit. But in the Bible, it's always reversed. We are spirit, soul, and body. It's always interesting in Scripture. God begins with spirit. And the last thing he focuses in on the body. It's God's intention that our spiritual life actually recharges physically and recharges intellectually and emotionally. And sometimes it's our spiritual life because it's depleted. Our spiritual life is starved that physically and emotionally we feel drugged down. And God does not want that. God has something else in mind for us. And God wants you and I to live and thrive in the environment He created us. And that is spiritual. And that environment, I want to suggest to us, is worship. And Jesus is saying to us today, worshipers wanted. In the Gospel of John, chapter number 4, I invite you to join me there. We're going to read some scripture. The account, if you'll allow me to give you a little bit of background, is a woman at a well. She's a Samaritan. Now Jesus goes to, to see this woman at a well. He sends the disciples and they go in town to the Samaritan Walmart to get some stuff and attend to things. Jesus is at the well and he begins to have a conversation with this woman. Now interesting to me, this woman has a messed up life. She's living with somebody, he's had five husbands. And Jesus said, your life is messed up. But he said, I've got water to drink of. I've got a making new life, and you can be something different. And I'm just impressed with that. You see, Jesus is always seeking to retrieve. He's always seeking to pull us out of our mess. God, no matter what mess you've had, God always sees your potential. God doesn't give up on you. And he's wanting to retrieve that spiritual part of us that feels lost and sometimes has been tainted by sin. Then the conversation continues and that brings us to verse number 19 and following. The conversation goes, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claim the place that we must worship is in Jerusalem. Interesting enough, in six verses the word worship will occur ten times. Woman, verse 21, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, there can be untrue, there can be lack of genuine worship. He's talking about genuine worship. Genuine worship, those worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for these are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Worshipers wanted. Verse 24. God is spirit and his worshipers must, must worship in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? Jesus is going to say, you Samaritans, you're wondering should we worship on this mountain or that mountain? He said, you're not worshiping in truth. He, in fact, the Samaritans at that time didn't accept all of, the, all of the Bible, all of the Old Testament. They said, oh, certain parts of it we accept. And Jesus is saying, you're not worshiping in truth. 
You can't decide how you're going to worship God and whether you're going to believe this part of God or believe that part. He said you can't pick and choose with God. God doesn't have a menu that you select from. And your worship is not true worship. You're so caught in the style. It's this mountain or that mountain. Should we worship on Saturday? Should we worship on Sunday? Should we have candles? Should we do it there standing sitting? He said, you're so caught in the style. He said, you've missed something. But Jesus said to the Jews, he said, we have it right. We're worshiping the true God. But what we like is spirit. We've brought it down to it's just a formula. You just do it this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. It has become a tradition And what we're missing is spirit. And then Jesus said, the true worshipers, real deal worship, genuine worship, is when you worship in spirit and in truth. Truth, you have to worship God. You have to worship God, the one true God. But you have to do it with spirit. It has to come from that part of us that God created, that image part of God in us. When he said we're created in his image, what is that? We have a spirit. It has to come from our spirit unto the Lord. The main ingredient in worship is the presence of God. The main key ingredient in worship is the presence of God. You can sing songs and it not be worship if it's not unto the Lord. You can raise your hand and that's just, that's just waving at me if it's not done unto the Lord. You can go through just the routine and the tradition. You can come to church, sit in the church, pat your foot, nod your head. You can even sing some of the songs and it not be true worship. It does not come from our mind. It does not come from just the practice and the routine. It has to come from our spirit. Jesus says the worship the Father wants is from your spirit. God wants that worship from our heart. Now what is worship? Worship is ascribing to God honor, value, esteem. We're ascribing to God worth, worship, worship, worship. God, you're worth, you're valuable, we honor you. If it's under the Lord, it's worship. You can sing songs and it not be worship. We can do a lot in this room and it not be worship. It will be entertainment. If you do this for somebody, that's applause. But when you do it unto the Lord, it's called worship. Worship is always directed towards God, bringing to Him value, worth, and honor. And Jesus says it has to come from our spirit. It it cannot just come from our lips. It, It cannot just be a routine. It has to be genuine. Spirit, heart, the core of our being, honoring the Lord. God wants us to be worshipers. With that in mind, I want to share with you the purpose of worship. Actually, Jesus is teaching us. And the purpose of worship, it's in our Westover app, but I'm going I'm to focus on one point today. The purpose of worship is relationship with God. The purpose of worship is relationship with God. Notice verse number 23 in the teaching here that Jesus gives to the woman and really to all of us. Jesus says, Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when true worshipers, genuine worship, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For these are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Did you notice the mention twice in that verse of Father? 
Jesus didn't say creator. Jesus didn't just say God. Jesus didn't just say the divine one. He used the word. He's teaching us on worship. True worship. Worship that God accepts. You're going to worship the Father. It's a relational term. If somebody says that's my friend, if somebody says that's a business associate, but if somebody says that's my father, you know there's a relationship there. And Jesus is teaching us that worship is relational. For true worship, we have inside of us the DNA of God. We have inside of us the image of God, spirit. That image of God in a spirit communicates with God, celebrates with God, fellowships with God. That is worship. God is spirit and that inner spirit of us fellowshipping together. We're in relationship with God. How do I get to know God? Spirit to spirit. I don't get to know God physically. I don't get to know God intellectually. I don't get to God. Those are other parts. My main source of fellowship with God is in the spiritual realm and it's relational that's what god wants for us so i ask a rhetorical question in the room do we serve god out of duty or devotion Devotion. duty or devotion Hmm. people that serve god out of duty here's what they do oh i've got to read the bible today and they do it out of guilt some of you came to church out of guilt Oh, I've got to go. If I don't go, my wife won't talk to me for two days. If, if, if I don't go to church, you know what? My, my, my job's kind of hanging in the balance. God might try to get even with me. You came out of guilt. Some of us, serving God is out of duty. We have to read the Bible. Some of us, the only Bible you ever hear read to you is what's read on the platform during a message. And people that serve God out of duty always look for the minimal. Well, what's the least I can do? I mean, I don't want to go to hell, so what's the very least I have to do to miss heaven? For you, tithing is duty. It's not worship. It's not devotion. That's why you begrudge it so much. I don't have to tithe to go to heaven. You're serving God out of duty. But if you serve Him out of devotion, it changes everything. It changes everything. People that serve God out of devotion, they say amen to God. People that serve God out of duty say, oh, me or ouch. Ah, what do you mean I have to be nice to my neighbor? What do you mean I have to be good to the coworker that gets under my skin? God, it just doesn't seem fair. And they're always saying, ouch. They're frustrated with God's teaching because they see God simply out of duty and not out of devotion. And Jesus said, Jesus said, you, you serve me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. What is he saying? You can go through and say all the right things, but if you're not worshiping with your heart, Jesus said, you're missing it. It's not true worship. True worship is from the heart. It's devotion. Devotion changes everything. Yesterday, I'm in the house. I'm sitting on the couch. While I'm sitting on the couch, Denise, she puts her feet up, her bare feet up in my lap. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Why? Because that's my sweetheart. That's my niece. But if you come over to the house and you put your bare feet... 
in my lap. I'm going to give you a manicure, a manicure with my hedge trimmer, okay? It's just different. You, you, I know you. You're a friend. That's my wife. Relationship changes everything. If you want to see God different, you want to experience God, you have to have relationship. And the best way to do it is you enter into worship. Worship expresses our heart unto the Lord. If you have duty without devotion, it's depleting. And that's some of us. Some of us, it seems like serving God and the Bible and the requirements just seem so heavy and demanding. Have you ever gone to eat dinner with somebody? They invited you to come, so you went with them. There's 8, 10, 12 people around there, and their family. I mean, they, they, they start, they just, they mention something and laugh. Oh, remember the beach last year? And everybody laughs. Remember the old car? Everybody laughs. Remember cousin so-and-so, and they giggle, and then they have a one-liner, and you have no idea what's going on. The meal can be good. The meal can be fantastic, but you don't enjoy the meal time. Why? You don't have relationship. Everybody else, there's a relationship there. They enjoy it. The food can be good, but you don't enjoy the meal time. That's some of us coming to church. You come here, and you hear somebody say, Hallelujah, and you think, That's annoying. Somebody else is doing this well. Well, I wasn't that impressed. I'm not going to applaud. Uh, uh, somebody else, I love you, Jesus. You say, why, why, why can't they say that somewhere else? That kind of, that distracts me. That distracts me from what? I, I came to church to just meditate and have quiet time. Yeah, that's, that's not, in fact, I'm not even sure I like some of the music. I come after the music is over. They don't have, I'd rather have Tejano music. <laughs> why don't they have some of Garth Brooks up there? Why, 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 don't, why don't they have some country music? Why don't they have, some, why don't they have somebody else that, that I enjoy their music? I don't like that. Why? You're missing a relationship. If you were in a relationship with God, all of that is different. That's family time. That's coming together and celebrating. You see, praise is seeking God. Praise is seeking God. Worship is when you have found God. Praise is seeking God. Why do we begin our services with praise? I will tell you. Because last week, you had a boss that was on getting on your back. You have, you have two teenagers and sibling rivalry going on in the home. Uh, you, you have issues going. You've got responsibilities and obligations. And you, you have a new computer program. You've got to get working at work. And you've got a deadline here and responsibilities and homework. And you've got a paper to get out. And you're working uh, at night school, going to school during the summer so you can get qualified for the, for the next promotion so you can provide for your kids to go to college. And all of that's going on all the time. You have life draining you. 
So before we go into the Word of God, we want to get you in the presence of God. We want you to be awakened with your inner spirit and commune with God. So the first thing we do when we come together is we begin to seek God. It's not just to entertain you from the worship team. This worship team has one assignment. They're saying, come go with me to our Father's house. Come enter the presence of the God, the presence of God. And if you would enter in the presence of God, can I tell you what? You wouldn't go through the weak, drooping shoulders and dragging foot. You would have a pep in your step and a joy in your heart. And you would live above the vicissitudes of life. God's presence would sustain you day in and day out. And you wouldn't be depleted all the time. The presence of God. But you know something? No one can praise God for you. That's right. Right. Do you know, I can't eat your lunch for you. That's right. When you go to get your fajitas this afternoon, if I eat your fajitas, you won't get filled. If I eat your fajitas, you won't be satisfied. I eat your fajitas, you don't get protein. I can eat your lunch today, and you will not be satisfied. You have to eat your lunch yourself. No one can praise God for you. Your wife cannot worship for you, guy. Hear me, fella. Guys, come on. Sometimes we want our wives to worship for us. We want to sit there, just pat our foot, cross our arms, and just and we call that worship. God demands more from us than that. God wants more. Worshippers want it with spirit. Under the Lord. Is God worth your best? Is God worth the most earnest, sincere expressions from your heart? Is God worth it? Yes. Then let's worship Him. In just a moment, I'm going to call the worship team back out here. And we're going to worship God. And I'm going to invite every one of us to enter into God's presence and go to a new level. To just enter into His presence and worship Him. And I'm calling for what Jesus did. Spirit worship. Worship from the Spirit. The best, true, genuine worship from the the depths of our heart. But I can't worship for you. The worship team cannot worship for you. These people can't worship for these people and these people can't worship for these people. God wants worship from your heart. He seeks worshipers. I was at my grandma and grandpa's house. Grandma and Grandpa's house, it was, it was a place, every time I went there, everything was the same. The furniture was the same. I, I go back in my mind, it was the same couch and the same chair and the same, it even, it even smelled the same. They had the Grandma and Grandpa smell to their house all the time. I don't know what that was, it just smelled like Grandma and Grandpa all the time. And I was there, it happened to be my grandfather's birthday. And we're sitting in the living room, I say to Grandpa, Grandpa... A happy birthday. He said, well, thank you. And we're there. Denise is there. And my grandmother did something. It's true. My grandmother got up and she shuffled across the living room. And there was a drawer and she opens it. And I saw her fingers go through these, these envelopes. And she pulls it out. And it's a, it's a card. It's a birthday card. She takes the card. She looks at it. She sticks it in the envelope. She shuffles over to where my grandpa is and gives it to him. He opens it. He reads it. He smiles. He said, thank you. So grandma took the card, 
put it back in the envelope. She shuffled back over here and put it in the drawer. I said, what's going on, Grandma? Here's what Grandma told me. Those cards say the same thing. So I never buy a new one. I've had these for years. Yeah. My grandpa's Father's Day card, birthday card, anniversary. Every card there, it's all pre-signed with her. And every year at the date, she finds the card, takes it to him, gives it. He reads the same card all over again. He smiles. And my gra- when my grandma's explaining it, my grandpa just smiling. It's all right with him. She puts it back in the drawer. And next year, he got the same card all over again. Wow. Denise would not let me get by with that. No. But I wonder, for a moment, I wonder, do we do that in worship? I wonder if we're giving God the same thing we've always given Him. Fellas, is it the same thing? You just kind of, is that what it is? Just, yeah, I go, I go to church, feel good about it. God ought to be glad I go. I go to church once or twice a month. Yeah. Worship, well, worship for you is just showing up. Whether you're on time or 20 minutes or just showing up, God ought to be happy. The Father is seeking worshipers. The Father wants, He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know His presence. For you see, in all the responsibilities and stresses of life, God has a secret place. He gives life. He brings, he brings life into us. It's the environment you were created to live in. And when you get there in God's presence, somehow you say, oh, this is it. This is it. This makes up for a difficult week. Be in His presence. God, just to be in your presence satisfies me. It's, it's what the psalmist wrote when he said, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Oh, that's what God wants. God wants you and I to experience Him, to know Him personally, to experience His presence and encourage us and brings life and awakens us and it makes sense of life. How do we get there? We praise So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to worship. I'm going to invite fellas to to lift your voice and praise Him. But I'm, I'm calling the deepest part of worship, that inner being, that inner that inner sanctuary of your heart. Worship unto the Lord. You would sing the songs of the heart. We're a spirit-filled church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 tells me it's all right to sing in the spirit and sing in the language we know. It's never out of place to just worship in the spirit with tongues. Worship Him. Worship Him. So I'm going to invite you to join me right now. Would you stand all across this auditorium? The worship team is coming. And if it seems right to you, I don't want you to feel like you have to, but if it just seems right to you, you would like to worship in the altar. If that just seems the right thing to do, and it's an expression of your heart unto the Lord, you're welcome. In fact, you're welcome anytime to do that. 
But if you'd like to come and worship in the altar, you're welcome. But I'm going to invite you with your voice and your heart. Get to know God. He's seeking worshipers. So join me, balcony and main floor. Would you just close your eyes right now? We're going to worship. Now just kind of block everything out. Put your Bible down. Put your electronic device down. This is the presence of the Lord. Join me, fellas. Let's just begin to verbalize our praise unto the Lord. Oh, God. Would you join me, Westover, balcony and main floor? Fill the balcony with worship right now. Just spontaneously just begin to offer. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord by expressing your worship unto Him. God, we love you. We love you, Lord. Let's seek Him. Join me. Join me. Come in. Take a step in worship you've never taken before. Take a step in worship. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Our hearts celebrate. Yes, God, we're going to worship you, Lord. With our whole being, God, we're going to worship you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. God, as we worship you, heal lives. God, restore. God, bring peace. Bring life. Awaken people, God. Awaken their spiritual being that has been dormant for so long. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Join me, fellas. Join me, fellas. Let's be worshipers. Would you do that? Let's be worshipers. Let's worship the Lord. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. So for some of you, that may be a little bit new. It may be a little bit outside of your comfort zone. But let me just tell you, part of worship is just expressing your love for God. And asking Him, God, what are you trying to say to me? So as we lift up our hands, that's just a sign of worship. So if you're comfortable with that, I encourage you, just lift up your hands. And as we lift up our hands in a sign of worship and in a sign of love, just ask them, welcome them to do a new thing in your life. Do lift your voice, sing like this. 
Resurrected, He's lifting you up this morning. Resurrecting me. 
praise that that as we begin to praise I, I saw it, it was breakthrough and there's breakthrough that's happening in this place right now and so I can see it over each section there's breakthrough that's happening so as we lift up our voices something is changing something is coming back to life I know it and I can see it so don't be discouraged the Lord says he says don't be discouraged because I see where you're at and so as you lift up your voice I'm bringing breakthrough and I'm Thank you for being with us. God bless you. You're dismissed. Go in the goodness of the Lord.